Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all supposed to just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news and discussions, plus reviews in addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at ssmpodcast.com and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, and tune in. Be sure to like and share the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we are under the handle SSM Podcast. And be sure to comment and rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. So glad to have you all here today. It is October the 28th, 2018, Sunday. I'm here with Latria. Hello. And Ali. Hey. And we are here to review the, at this time of recording, new Netflix original series, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, developed and executive produced by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who also wrote the comic book of the same name for Archie Comics in two, the starting 2015, if I recall properly. And he also, of course, developed and produces Riverdale for the CW. And these two shows are te- technically set in the same universe, although there's only one element of crossover, which we'll discuss. And I'm sure I didn't pick up on it, I had to read the article, see what the, what the what it was, because I didn't recognize what what it was. But it's in there. Mm. Um, but yeah, so oh, hold on. All right, sorry about that. Um, I have to talk to Carolyn when I get done. Let me mark that right quick. So yeah, she's asking questions about stuff. <laughs> I'll text her on the phone so that I can keep it from making maze making noises on Messenger or something. Um, yeah, so the show debuted over the, on the, um, this past Friday, the 26th, in the place of Stranger Things season three, which was delayed until 2019. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it took its place when it got pushed. Um, shout out to them. They took over the Gwinnett Place Mall. The food court and turn it into the set. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and put yep. up tarps so that you can't, you have to peek through the tarps to try to see what's going on back And I'm there. guessing that mall was already empty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was there because the Sears was closing now, as a matter of fact. And the Sears was one of the few stores that was still open besides the Korean uh, supermarket and I think uh, JCPenney's. Gotcha. And Macy's, I think, is still there too. But all the little stores, gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's um, actually funnily enough. Um, earlier this week, um, we usually have these. What do you? What would you call that? Uh, surplus folks who come over and they take all um, equip equipment from like um, technology, computers, and whatnot that are to be discarded, and it's oh, a the service recycling. that's only for. 
yeah, it's a it's a service that's not um, just provided for universities and, and whatnot. It's it's a it's not just exclusive to, to where I work. It's it's actually sort of like a, a, a you know a county thing, right? Yeah, and I, know, I was yeah. asking, I was asking the guys like when they came over this um, this week. Hey, do you guys have like many stops to make? And they told me, hey, no, our next stop is actually to the set of Stranger Things, <laughs> and they were saying that. Yeah, they were going over there because they had to. They had to take. I think it's take things there, or either take things out of there uh, to mm. move things um, for them. So I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." So yeah, they were, you know. So uh, you know, it, it's just interesting that they just mentioned that, and you know, you know, we just happened to podcast about of that nature. So yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, the Chile Adventure Sabrina comic book this is based upon is a. Art as far as the Archie horror line is a reboot, revamp, reimagining of the classic Archie comics character Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I thought before we reviewed the show, I thought we'd do a little bit of background work because I also found some new shit of, since we did. Because we did a little bit of this for the Riverdale podcast we did with Moji from TV Movie Mistress last year this time about. Uh, and since then, I found out a little bit more about Sabrina's origins basically in the comics. So, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was created in 1962 by artist Dan DiCarlo and writer George Gladier. And originally, she was one of the features in a comic book called Archie's Madhouse, which was sort of kind of the Archie version of Mad Magazine, full of, you know, crazy stories about, you know, like monsters and things and weird happenings and stuff. Like, a very few of those stories turn up in the digests that you see at the grocery store. <laughs> uh, right, that's what I'm saying. All this, like, dark stuff. I'm like, where was this in the aisle? And I was begging my mama to get this book before we checked out. Carefully stowed away in the archives. Because it wasn't dark, it was just weird. I mean, yeah. it's darker than, of course, you know, hey, gang, let's go to the mouth shop. Right. <laughs> um, so when it first started out, Sabrina was kind of, she was a little bit one note of a character. Basically, she was a witch. She was sort of kind of mis- mischievous, leaning towards evil. Basically, mm. like, she was assigned by Della the Head Witch to basically put hexes on the kids at Baxter High. And they, like, make the football team lose and all this other kind of stuff. And the only thing that would stop her from doing this was when she would find one of the boys cute and she would consider dating them. And so she first debuted in Archie's Madhouse number 22 in October of 1962, which is the cover date. And she would continue in Archie's Madhouse for the rest of the 1960s. You know, every issue or second, every other issue would have a Sabrina story or a Sabrina one-page, like, you know, gag comic, you know, because it's Archie. They do that a lot with the Mm one-page gag comics. And she really didn't have a steady supporting cast, really. She started to develop towards the end of the 60s. She had her fairy um, witch mother, Greta, who would develop into her Aunt Hilda, and she had a boyfriend named Donald who knew she was a witch and sort of kind of would encourage her to try to use her witch powers on things when it didn't go her way. But this Sabrina was kind of very different from the one that we came to be familiar with even a couple of years later. She was sort of kind of definitely mis- mischievous and sort of kind of, you know, not a good person, really. 
but sort of kind of, you know, cued and, you know, like, she's a lot like how Prudence is in this program that we're about to review. In a lot of ways. Mm. Okay. okay. And she, you cast her spells using a variety of magic words, one of which was <coughs> Shazam. <coughs> um, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing because a certain somebody wasn't using it at this time, thanks to some um, legal limbo with um, DC Comics and Fawcett Comics, you know, Sabrina decided she would just go ahead and use it, you know, a couple of times, you know. It works for him, it works for her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, in September of 1969, September the 30th, in fact, um, CBS aired a primetime TV special. They had just debuted The Archie Show a year up beforehand on Saturday morning, and it was a big hit for them. The next year, 69, they had a special called Archie and His New Pals premiering primetime, which was basically the introduction of what was going to be called the Archie Comedy Hour, where they expanded the Archie show to a full hour, added in more music, more songs, and segments featuring Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And so for these segments, they sort of kind of made Sabrina a little bit more nicer and cuter. Uh, they had already introduced her familiar Salem, her cat, in the original Archie's Madhouse stories as a black cat, you know, who she could talk to, but who couldn't talk back to her, but she understood what the cat was saying. In the Archie cartoon shows, Salem became a orange cat because censorship. And so... In the comics, they moved Sabrina from Archie's Madhouse to Archie's TV Laugh-In. What's the name of the comic book that features Sabrina now? And with the first issue debuting with the cover date of December of 1969, which means it probably would have been out in like October. And it featured Sabrina, this now orange Salem, and her Aunt Hilda her Aunt Zelda, and her cousin Ambrose. Now, in the original comics, um, Aunt Hilda was the stern, tall, red-headed one, and Aunt Zelda was sort of kind of the stout, shorter one who had green hair in these older comics. And uh, cousin Ambrose was... He was clearly younger than them, but older than Sabrina, and he sort of kind of, he sort of looked like the way they used to draw Arch, Archie's dad. He was sort of kind of a heavy set older man with, um, with black hair. And he tended to dress rather extravagantly. When they did his voice for the cartoon show, um, it was a little, let's say, Paul Lind-esque. For those people who know who Paul Lind is. This is Paul Lind. <laughs> I played Uncle Albert on Bewitched. Oh, okay. I was, you know, the epitome of the closeted uh, character in TV back then. That's part wow. Yeah. Basically, Uncle, uh, Cousin Ambrose was gay-coded from the very start. I always thought the character was gay, but of course, you know, they never acknowledged that at all. Until now! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, they they went all out. Oh, oh, oh. Well. <laughs> like, we, got, we got free reign at Netflix. So do you, Ambrose. Do you. Right. I, I have words to share about that when we actually get to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so 
1972, Sabrina was popular enough to get her own comic book of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which ran into the 1980s. She still appeared in Archie's TV Laugh and still appeared on various versions of the Archie cartoon show. She had her own spinoff. Well, it's a spinoff, but they, just, they aired the same like segments that had already been produced and put a couple of new ones with them. At first, it was called Sabrina and the Groovy Ghoulies because Filmation, who produced these shows, they produced their own like supporting like segment called the Groovy Ghoulies about, you know, like Frankenstein and the Wolfman and Dracula's kids who started a rock band. And they would sing songs because, you know, it was the 70s. That's what, they, that's what people did. They either solved mysteries or sang songs on Saturday morning <laughs> or both. Like Josie mm-hmm. the Pussycats. Um, and, but from there on, they dropped, they separated Sabrina and the Goofy Ghoulies and just let, you know, Sabrina be by herself. I also got to mention in RGTV Laugh at number one, they also introduced her steady boyfriend, Harvey Kinkle. So basically, when they, inter- when they put her on the cartoon show, they revamped her entirely to the version that we sort of kind of fami- are familiar with now as being Sabrina. Okay. And so the comics basically carried on like this into the early 1990s. In the early 90s, they tried to revamp it and make it a little bit more like supernatural. Uh, Aunt Hilda and Aunt Zelda moved Sabrina to a uh, Gravedale Heights, a new city basically that was populated by monsters and other witches. And they engaged in sort of more supernatural type stories for a while. There were a lot of stories that involved Sabrina going to the other realm, which is sort of kind of the, like the magic realm where witches and monsters and things hang out at. In 1996, a Lifetime, um, no, Showtime, not Lifetime, Showtime, produced a TV movie called Sabrina the Teenage Witch, starring Melissa Joan Hart. It was a big hit, and as a result, ABC picked up a Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV show for their TGIF block that was a sitcom with a laugh track. Uh, This show featured Melissa Joan Hart again as Sabrina the Teenage Witch. She had just come from Clarissa Explains It All, Another favorite show. Yep. Na, 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 na. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. <laughs> um, I love that show. You need to look it up because I need to remember which characters played whom on the TV show because I always get it mixed up. Because they, for some reason, when they did the TV show, they reversed Hilda and Zelda's personalities to what they are now, where Zelda is the stern one with the red hair and the taller mm-hmm. one, and Hilda is a shorter one who's stouter. Who's the nicer one? I can't figure out why did so why 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 did why, what was the point of changing that? I, I think know, that's weird. I think they just they cast the characters a certain way and then they developed differently on the TV show and that just bled back into the comics. Mm. So Carolyn Ray played Hilda and she was sort of kind of the goofy one. And right. Beth, Beth Broderick played Zelda, who was more like the stern one. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't have Cousin Ambrose on the show, they instead had Salem talk and gave him a different right. backstory. Well, I mean, it kind of like mirrors Ambrose's story about being like in trouble because Salem was doomed to be a cat. Yeah. Because of like his, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Salem is serving a, Salem is also serving a sentence. Yeah, right. he, he's the, a cat show. for 500 years because he tried to take over the world. Right. 
And so they used a combination of like um, puppets and standing cats and the voice of Nick Bacay, one of the writers on the show. Yeah. Because I noticed that when I was watching uh, this, the Netflix show, and I was like, wait a minute, he's basically Salem. Like when they were, you know, whenever they got to the episode talking about like his backstory a little bit. Right. And I was like, let me get on the Googles. Yeah. And I was Googling as I was watching and I was like, oh, okay, I see what they did here. Yeah. So, and so when they had Salem start talking in the show, the comics immediately changed because that's what Archie does. Uh, they immediately <laughs> changed. They started putting Mr. Joan Hart on the cover of every issue. Mm-hmm. And they had Salem start talking, and they sort of kind of reduced Cousin Ambrose to being a guest character who appeared like once in a blue moon. Was there ever a Cousin Ambrose on the Melissa Joan Hart show? As far as I can tell, no. I was about to say, because I don't remember anyone like Me neither. That. I don't remember any Cousin Ambrose at all. Right. They also didn't use Sabrina's, like, her frenemy, Rosalind. In the comics... Rosalind was sort of kind of, sometimes she'd be Sabrina's friend, sometimes she would be Sabrina's rival for Harvey's affection. Like, she actually was introduced before the aunties were in the Archie's Madhouse stories. Mm, okay. Uh, they instead had a character mm-hmm. named Libby on the, uh, Libby right. Chesler on the sitcom. On the show. The yeah. cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who basically played yeah, the same sort of role. Well, mm-hmm. didn't, they, didn't they change her? It was somebody that ended up changing in... In the iteration of the show, okay. They they got they got rid of her and they brought in. I think I'm looking for the name. They brought in somebody different. <laughs> okay. Um, I remember a switch out, and I remember going, "Wait a minute." Because <laughs> yeah, she was on the yeah, first three seasons, and then I'm trying to see yeah. who they brought in. Oh, Soleil Moon Fry. Yeah, as, as a, her roommate in well, college. No, but that was when she was in college. I'm talking about when she was still in. Yeah, high that's in college. They changed, like they changed a character, or either got rid of somebody. Yeah, they got rid of um, her. I'm trying to see who they brought no, in. No, I know who it was. It was um, the girl because it was Harvey, and then whoever played her best friend. I think that's the character they changed, like actors or act- actresses. Okay. Excuse me, I believe if I'm not mistaken. Well, what's his what's his name? Still, also went for a change because the, the first time they used is more stereotypical looking, like, in terms of the animatronic figure. Uh-huh. And then the, they use another... Then later on in the seasons, they tossed that animatronic figure away and started using a new one. It was more chubby. That's the, that's my that's my favorite Salem. Yeah, the other Salem... The other Salem had, like, ears that you saw the pink inside of it. Like, you know, it was like... The, you know the cat ears that sort of, like, triangles with pink inside? Right. That's what they were using at first. And then they tossed that. And then they started using another Salem where, you know, he it's still almost the same creature, but it's a little chubbier and you don't see those stereotypical pink, pink color inside the ears. It's just, it's shorter ears. And yeah, it looks more like a panther in the face than like a, a regular um, cat. Right. That's mm. my favorite Salem because that Salem was sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking yeah. through some of these 70s Sabrina comics, and uh, is this, who is this with this perm in their head? Is that Reggie, or is that, is that not supposed to be Chuck? Uh, I'm trying to see who this is. Somebody, somebody's got a perm. One of these white kids got a perm. Either that, or it's a really bad drawing of Chuck. <laughs> the reprints are in black and white. That's, that's what I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, no, I think it's Chuck. Oh, God. 
That's what he Chuck. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the sitcom ran for seven years. It ran for four on ABC and three more on the WB. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they also had, what's his name playing Harvey Kinkle? We talked about him a couple weeks ago because he's talking about he's a janitor now. Uh, Nate Richard, Nate Richard played Harvey Kinkle, yeah, who's Sabrina's he, boyfriend. Yeah, he he never got back to, he never did anything else after yeah. that. That was it, pretty much. Yeah, And I have to say, I always felt bad for Harvey reading the comics and seeing the show because it's like, you feel like they had to write the characters stupid because it's like he has to never suspect that his girlfriend who's doing all this crazy right. shit and all this shit's happening yeah. around her is a fucking witch. He was, he was doomed to being like, I, the character in the, in the TV show, uh, it, it was, I was, abs- it was absolutely torturous to watch that guy. Like, it's like my God, you are like dumb as a pile of bricks. Mm-hmm. They wrote you so terribly. I am so thankful that this Harvey, I mean, yeah, he's oblivious to the fact that, at first that she's a witch, but at least yeah. he's not like an idiot, right? right? Like, yeah. he's, he's just a nice guy. He's kind of really boring, him. though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Harvey's well, always been kind of, like, yeah. boring. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, he's not particularly ambitious. He's not, like, extremely handsome. He's just mm-hmm. kind of like... He's kind of meh. He's just, he's there. And he's, the, the good news is, thankfully, he's not meh and problematic. That's my, that's a saving grace for me right there. As long as you're, you're not, you're not an asshole. Like, you know, when Sabrina's not around, like, like, as if like, like when, when, when guys start talking about girls and then you'd be like, oh yeah, Sabrina, mm, yeah, shit, oh, like that. He's just, he's a chill guy. He's a nice guy. He's not problematic. He's, you know, he's, and, and also, they showed him to have feeling, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> it was amazing. There, there was actual, like, like emotional maturity there. <laughs> he wasn't just a, a one-note kind of kind of guy. So I was like, oh, this is a, a really nice change. But that one in the, the one in the Sabrina TV show, oh, my God. The sitcom. Ooh. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I found it. I was right about the friend switch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what was the deal? Okay. So on the original, uh, like the very first season, it was Michelle Boy Bodon. I don't know. She played uh, Jenny. Uh-huh. That was Sabrina's like original best friend. But okay. then she was only from 96 to 97. And then in 97, um, Lindsay Sloan came in. As she Valerie played, Burkhead? Yeah, and yeah. she played Sabrina's best friend from 97 99. Because I, I was like, I remember there being a switch with her friends. And I I remember thinking, like, wait, what, what happened to the other girl? Right. Because the original girl had, like, curly, I think, she, was her hair red? Yeah, it's kind of like a reddish, blondish, kind of strawberry blonde, kind of curly hair. And I just remember, I guess she just didn't work out or something. I don't know. Yeah, it makes you want more money. I knew I was going to find proof. <laughs> and you found Thank it. you, IMDb, for telling me what years people were on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. All right. <laughs> so, and so uh, as I have learned this weekend from Twitter, uh, that this version of Sabrina was embedded in everybody's heads as what Sabrina was. And people generally right. seem to have forgotten that there was ever a comic book or a cartoon, despite the evidence being right there in the grocery aisle 
at Publix every day. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one who still looks at looks through the Archie books when I'm in when I'm no. waiting in line? Yeah. No. <laughs> every now and then, if I see one, I'll be like, "Oh, I remember when I used to beg him. I'm like, please, can we get one, please?" I always look through Probably for like for vintage Josie right. and the Pussycat stories. It's usually what if I find one of those, I'll buy it. But yeah, like like I read by I probably read hundreds of Sabrina stories as well, because I mean they're they're all like it used to be like Archie was like sixty percent, Sabrina would be like twenty percent, and you do well, a thirty percent if you're lucky. Josie would be like ten, or you get like that Wilkin boy or some other stuff that I don't know. <laughs> you know, I never, I for some reason I just never remembered um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch being part of Archie. Like, even when the Melissa John Hart show came out, I don't think I ever connected the two. And it wasn't until, like, you were talking about it. And I was like, oh, all of, like, Josie and the Pussycats, I had no clue all of that was connected. I think I really only paid attention to Archie. Yeah. So, I mean, the the, the sitcom, they didn't mention any of the Archie stuff at all. Right. Like, they kept it pretty much separate. And they sold uh, Josie and the Pussycats to Universal to make that movie. That everybody misunderstood. Uh, and Archie just, they couldn't get Archie off the ground. They were trying for decades. It took until Riverdale until they finally got Archie off the ground. And so w- Sabrina Comics after the show went off the air. Well, well, the show went off the air on the WB, but they had a animated show that was on, I believe, I want to say it was on ABC, then it moved to the Disney, Disney, Disney Channel. Disney, Disney was doing it. Yeah. And so that yeah. show was voiced by Alyssa Joan Hart's little sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cute. Emily Hart. And so that show was sort of kind of like a younger, more like middle school age Sabrina. And that show became the template for the Sabrina comic book moving forward into the 2000s. They made the characters all younger and made the art style match the cartoon show. I wonder if Melissa Joan Hart has some kind of like stock in like her iteration of Sabrina. She used to. So her mom ran Heartbeat Productions and they produced the show themselves. They actually bought the rights from Archie. But I oh, think that it was only smart. lasted. Four. Okay. Yeah. So they so I had merchandise because I know there was a whole lot of Sabrina like. So dolls. she's like, um, what's what's those little what's some twins? Olsen. Yeah, she's like that rich. Yes. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because uh-huh. like there was Sabrina like dolls and like toys gotcha. and novels right. and stuff. And so she made a lot of money back then, back in the day. Right. Before like the rights lapsed back and went back to Archie. Okay, Melissa Johan. I'm not mad at you. But yeah, Get she got money. her money. Yeah. Do your thing. And so Good job, Mom. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she ain't got none of them TLC mamas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or was it new edition? Whichever one. Sent both. I thought it, that like, scene oh, in the movie. Mom was like, oh no, 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 no. We want merchandising rights. I know what that is. Right. <laughs> so in 2004, they had uh Tania Del Rio take over the art of the comics, and she draws in an anime style. And so they turned Sabrina Teenage Witch into a more of an anime comic, which that lasted up until 2000 and I want to say 10. Because they ran all the way... 2009. And so that was the end of that. And they sort of kind of let the comic stay dormant until they did um, Afterlife of Archie, in which Sabrina 
is the reason why Riverdale gets overwhelmed with zombies. Uh, Reggie runs over Hot Dog on the road. Jughead shows up with Hot Dog. Hot Dog is his sheep dog, for those who don't know, because the dog's barely in Riverdale. He's there, but like he's only been two episodes. Two episodes. I don't like okay. that. Um, Jughead shows up at Sabrina's door because Jughead's the only kid in Riverdale who knows that Sabrina is a witch. So mm-hmm. he begs for help. Sabrina gets the necromancy book from her auntie. Well, she steals it, takes it. They raise Hot Dog from the dead. Oh, Pet Cemetery. Yep. And it turns out Hot Dog, of course, is a zombie. He bites Jughead. Jughead bites Ethel. Ethel bites other people. And you have the zombie apocalypse in Riverdale. Oh, good job. <laughs> uh, and that is the series that the Riverdale is based upon, the TV show, just without the zombies. Mm-hmm. All the rest of the stuff, the horror movies sort of kind of setting, the weird, creepy Blossom twins being incestuous looking, secret gay relationships, mm-hmm. all that stuff is in that, in that comic. And there's also zombies. <laughs> um, but Sabrina in that comic, she when she gets back home after raising Hot Dog from the Dead, her aunties are pissed, very pissed, extremely pissed. In fact, they reveal their true forms of, you know, evil, scary-looking rapes, and they banish her to the other realm, take away her mouth and her, and freeze her hand so she can't cast any spells. Oh, wow. And there's a later issue where she's being forced to marry, uh, what's, uh, Chihulu, the uh, monster from the H.P. Lovecraft uh, books. Mm. So a little bit of that oh, made that into this show. Well, it'll definitely be there in season two, given what we learned in, in episode 10. But after she was after Afterlife of Archie and her solo issue number six were hits, they greenlit a new comic book series for Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is set in the 1960s. So it's her, you know, it's her turning 16 and having to decide whether or not she's gonna you know, sign her name in the Dark Lord's book. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, her father's ex-lover who has been, um, who committed suicide and was confined to a certain sector of hell for doing so, escapes from hell thanks to a bad spell cast by witches from Riverdale, namely Betty and Veronica, and comes back in the body of Sabrina's favorite teacher and calls herself Madam Satan. Mm. Beyond that, the the comic book's a little bit different than how the show is. We'll talk about the show more in a little bit, but basically in the comic book, um, you know, it's set in the 60s. So, you know, this like everybody dresses like the 60s and they listen to like, you know, the Beatles and stuff and everything. Uh, when Ambrose comes to the house, he is, uh, Sabrina remarks, you sound like Ringo. And of <laughs> course, he's white in the comic book. Right. Uh, and he gets bent, he gets confined to the house for helping Sabrina with a necromancy spell because on the night of her dark baptism, Harvey turns up by accident at the dark baptism and sees the whole thing. Oh. And the witches chase him down through the woods and and um and eat him. Oh, okay. And Sabrina's so distraught that. She begs for Cousin Ambrose's help in helping to resurrect Harvey. And she gets help from Cousin Ambrose, also from her teacher at school, whose not name is Wardrow in the comic. I forget what, her, what she's named, but it's a different teacher. But it's the same basic thing where it's Madam Satan mm-hmm. in disguise. So they raise Harvey, but they find out later that it's not Harvey that they raise, but instead it's Harvey's body, but 
Sabrina's father's soul inside of that body. Ew, gross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And the comments a little oh, bit more. Yeah. Tr- whoever's, I don't want to hear whoever's writing that. Whoever's writing that is pretty sick, but go ahead. It's Roberto. Although, Bar- like, when I was watching this show, I was like, there's a lot of pedophilia and grossness coming on. Roberto Guarzacasa like wrote the comment. When they went to, when she was at her baptism and, and the guy was like, disrobe her. And I literally was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Excuse. I was like, no, you're not going to do that. I was like, I will not be up in I will not be up in these woods in my slip <laughs> in front of this mm, man talking about go. I gotta I gotta offer myself to some beast. You done lost your mind. And you know it's cold up there. That too. is a baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so but I right, the comment basically follows a lot of the tone that they brought into the show, except mm. that they're more explicit in the comment that the spellmans are cannibals. And they run the funeral home so they can get access to, you know, fresh organs from the recently deceased. Well, they do that in the show, too. Yeah, they hide it a little bit, I think, in the show more than they hide it. Because Zelda mentioned quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Long pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Miss Wardwell, she's that woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, so, so let's go ahead and talk about the show. So the show was supposed to be on the CW. It was... It was originally written, the pilot was originally written for the CW, but before they actually got to shoot the pilot, Netflix, who co-finances Riverdale, stepped in and said, well, y'all can do this as a Netflix original show. We'll give you more money and a two-season guarantee. Wait, pause. Mm -hmm. How does that work? So in America, Riverdale comes on uh, the CW. Right. I think in Canada it comes on broadcast TV as well, but in every other country in the world it comes on Netflix the next day after it airs in the US. So British people oh. and European people. So know- they only get one episode at a time. It's right. not like the whole right. okay, gotcha. Right. Huh. So they know it over there in other countries as a Netflix exclusive. So Netflix. this being next to okay. Riverdale made sense to them. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it was easily C- one because CBS owns CW, right? They they own half. Warner Brothers owns the other half. Oh, okay. Because so they, they combined made this with the Warner Brothers side versus CBS, right? That deal. Okay. Yeah. So Warner Brothers produces this show. I think CBS has some like stock in Riverdale just for namesake. I think for financing purposes, mm-hmm. but Warner Brothers makes it, and they make this show too. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and so this show was produced uh, between March and I think July of this year up in Vancouver, near where the sets are for already for Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And so they shot the first 10 episodes in a row, and then they're shooting the next 10 now. That's why it's part one and part two. Like, you know, it's already guaranteed that's going to be gotcha. season two. I was wondering why it said part one. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I had to go on my episode list, and I was like, why is it saying part one? What is happening? Right. <laughs> and so, uh, let's go over the main characters of the show. So, first, we have Sabrina Spellman, who is played by <laughs> Kieran and Shipka from Mad Men. And listen, I like, and it, we can talk about how we like each actor or whatever, or don't like if we really that, but I love her as Sabrina. Uh, she is, like, I can't. I don't even know if they ever even audition other people or talk to other people, but I can't see anyone else play Sabrina Spellman. She was their first choice, but they auditioned. They definitely auditioned other people. But she, okay, because she's so she's yeah. so cute and adorable. She is great, and that and that whole part where she was just like, "No, I'm not doing this. Like, I want free will. Like, you could 
she really emoted that. But then when she had to turn up, I was just like, oh, no, baby, like, don't go too far. Like, <laughs> but she, I mean, but she was good. Like, it wasn't a stretch for her. Like, she really, like, every, you know, side of her personality she needed to show you, she did very well. She really did. And it was did. like, it was seamless. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't choppy or anything. I really liked that when she was lying to her friends, her acting gave you, I am lying. She's a terrible liar. Mm-hmm. And like, the acting gives you that. Also, I like how, like, I don't know how familiar, I know y'all see Imitation of Life, so y'all at least know one Sandra D movie, but there's a lot of Sandra D in her performance. Sandra D played Susie, the, the white daughter in Imitation of Life. Mm. She was kind of, Oh, okay. You know what? I'm thinking Sandra D from Greece. That, it's the name like, of the what? song that like, because they're talking about because she would because like they're t- making fun of um what? oh they're okay. making fun of her okay. for being so cute and vir- virginal like Sandra D's characters. Oh, were. the blonde daughter yeah. in uh Imitation of Life. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm, I'm with you now. Yeah, it's definitely that like 60s Sandra D Annette Funicello sort of kind of like. Yeah, vibe she's just very her. precious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ross? Although after after you know starting episode eight, I said, "Okay, girl, this ain't cute no more." Her whiteness came out, Ooh, <laughs> and I love that it was written that way. It was like that that fifty three percent came out, and I was like, "Girl, okay, you fucking up, now. like, yep, shit's got real, and you're making it worse, and I'm pissed." Oh, I was yeah. I was over her starting episode eight. <laughs> up until then, I was I was with her, but after that, I was like, "Okay, you." Yep. No, no, girl. Doing too much. <laughs> All right, so Ross Lynch plays Harvey Kinkle. Ross Lynch is a Disney star, but he also played Jeffrey Dahmer in the Jeffrey Dahmer, My Friend Dahmer story. Shut up. I remember him from Austin the Alley. I don't remember no Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it is so funny. I'm telling you, these Disney kids, when they let go, they let go. Yep. They're like, we we not getting these Mickey Mouse checks no more. We about to do that opposite. He went from Disney to Jeffrey Dahmer. Like how he went from eating Mickey Mouse popsicles to eating black people. (laughs) Right. He like he got the hell out of Dodge. Wow. I I, wow wow wow. Right, and it's so funny because like in. Sabrina, he has to play, you know, the like the sort of kind of the boring prince, the Harvey Kinkle character who for 8.75 episodes does not know Ooh. that his girlfriend is a fucking witch. <laughs> and you know what? I, I was wondering because when I was finishing it up yesterday and I ended up reading, um, God, I think it was this woman, this black woman wrote, I think it was for Bustle she wrote about like how he was just like so boring and stuff. And I was like, and I was like, I wonder, I can't put my finger on it because I couldn't remember the Melissa Joan Hart version. If that Harvey was, you know, like dumb as rocks and boring. Oh yeah, he was definitely, but he I was like, dumb. I was like, so I don't know if he was playing it that way in particular or if it was the actor. It, he's playing that way in particular because that's how the character okay. is. He's he's not okay. the brightest tool in the shed. He's he's very naive, very earnest, and it's well, very. Well, that makes me feel better because I was yeah. like, I, I hope it wasn't the actor just being horrible. Yeah, but I was just like, okay, Harvey, my God. And <laughs> you you see the character turn when he learns that yes. he's a witch. You see the turn. Yeah. <laughs> and I really appreciated that because I was like, wow. That was almost when I was like, okay, Harvey, like get a little backbone. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, I'm just not gonna not gonna be talking to you anymore. Right. I was like, oh, and okay. I have to say, 
I've been waiting 25 years to see that scene played out in a movie right. like this or a TV show. Like, it, like into that quality. Like, it mm-hmm. was so, it was everything. Latria, Ali, it was everything I could have ever imagined. It was so well done. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I used to read the comments like, God damn it, Sabrina, tell him! <laughs> no, that scene yeah. when she walked out of his house and you heard that shotgun, and I was just like, God dang. <laughs> like, she didn't even turn around. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, it was like so heartbreaking, but it was just like, oof. Right. Yeah, just keep walking, girl. Is this your fault? Yep. <laughs> All right. Lucy Davis as Hilda Spellman. So Lucy Davis, we know, of course, she played Etta Candy in Wonder Woman. All right. I called it. I yeah. didn't even notice. It. He was oh, like, yeah. Wait a I, I, I recognized that immediately. I was like, you, yeah. Yeah, you I know. white British woman. I knew she was familiar, but like I watch a lot of British shows. So I was like, I don't know if maybe I saw her on something there or what. But I was like, why does her like her voice and her face look familiar? And when you said Wonder Woman, I was like, wait a minute, is that? That's Eddie Candy. And she's so good. And she's so warm and bubbly and motherly. Like her. (laughs) I love her, but I just like I ache for her. And I'm like, it's please it's season two. Let her get revenge on Zelda. Like, yeah. Kill kill her for once. Because that that should kill me. Zelda keep killing you at Pet Cemetery and you. Yeah. Get revenge. (laughs) revenge. Zelda walked up when that happened. She said, pop. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Ambrose was like. Where's 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 our Hilda? She was annoying me, so I killed her, buried her in the backyard. Right, <laughs> and I was just like, at that point, I was like, okay, so y'all just killing off characters? Like, I know she. Please tell me she's not really. <laughs> and then she come out the door. So she like, came back. I was like, thank God, because I was like, what? Wait a minute, what is happening here? <laughs> and she, she looked so broken because it's like, I mean, she literally died. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, oh, it took you longer this time. And I was like, well, damn, how many times have you Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, really, though? He's going to off your sister? But like, then I realized, okay. Like, yeah. Right. Because there's no way. Well, when I when I saw it happen the first time, well, it was in the trailer for the, for the, uh, for the oh, show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't so, see. Yeah, it was in the trailer. So I, yeah, I knew that this, obviously, there's no way you can. You, yeah. Hilda is an important part of Sabrina. Sabrina yeah. So you can't off her. Right. So I knew that it was something you were going to do to bring, bring her back. Like, and plus they're witches, so I was just like, there must be something that happens when she comes back. And, you know, it's just a thing that they do. Right. It's yeah. like, it's like you being upset with your sister and you guys are getting into a fight. It, mm-hmm. Except theirs is, I will literally kill you and then you can just come back. Thanks, thanks to their, yeah. Zelda, thanks to their king rem- pit. Reminds me of um, Draco Malfoy's mom in Harry Potter. Because like oh. she, she's she's a stone cold bitch, but her soft spot is Draco. Same thing with Zelda, yeah. she's a stone cold bitch, but her soft spot is Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, for, yeah. it's like everybody else she don't care about, but she, you know, she definitely wants. But yeah, to if you, Sabrina's okay. yeah, she she could, and that and that and that became the Dark Lord's undoing in the in the in the book, basically. Like that. Mm. You can do all you want, but once you try to threaten my child, I don't give a shit about serving anybody. Anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Right. So Miranda I Otto. I hated Zelda throughout. Even when she had her little moments, when she had her little come to Jesus moments, or excuse me, come to Satan moments. <laughs> yeah. I was like, girl, I don't care about your little tears. Whatever. Yeah. Miranda Otto plays yeah. Zelda. And it's funny because she plays the strict church mother but it's for a different church. But it's, a it's, very it's the devil mother, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, a, what a flip, right? Yeah. What a flip. That is just perfect. It's literally the exact same thing except a mm-hmm. different deity. She was like, one of them, when you're going to be in church all day, except it's it's the underworld. Yeah. You can be yeah. the church of the night all day. Mm-hmm. Every time she says, thanks, Satan, I'm just like, <laughs> Part of me is just like grabs my chest, like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Jesus, Jesus. Ooh, be a whole <laughs> friend, be a palisade. <laughs> I'm like, praise God, praise God. There's a scene where there's a scene where Sabrina suggests going. There's a scene where Sabrina is talking to them, and she suggests going to the Catholic Church to try to do that that um that um that uh exorcism and mm-hmm. you see Hilda's face fall off and you see Miss Wardrobe grab grab clutch her pearls. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's whew, it's it's a lot, especially especially from from Zelda. I mean wow. Like yes. my mother left like nigh on four crucifixes in here. <laughs> and I was like, they are probably when she was visiting, I was like, do I need to get all of them? Right. <laughs> Which is so funny because I'm just wondering, like, how do you get an aunt like Hilda, who is part of this? She's so sweet with us. Like, she, she like, cans, you know, strawberries and lemons and makes apple pies. It's just like... And teas and stuff. Like, how do you get that as part of this? And also, you get a Zelda. Like, I don't... And why are they sharing the room, that big-ass house? <laughs> Somebody tell me. When they went to bed, I, I said, I said, now I know. Uh, they are not in the same room in these two Listen, <laughs> you better let Bert, you better let Bert and Ernie be. Okay? Ah, no. <laughs> oh, don't. don't do wow. that, Ali. Don't do that. Wow. wow. Lord Jesus. Um, I mean, the way other things have unfolded, I would not bat an eye if something like that. <laughs> if they got down like that. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Lord. We find out later that Hilda's a virgin. Right. I mean, she's yeah. been a virgin for, what, for 400 years or so? My God. How the hell? <laughs> That's a long she's time. Like, she's like, you know he's going to have to touch you. And I was like, I'm... Wait. <laughs> mm, wait. Oh, and then we can get on that later because when he turned, when he walked out from the house, I said, oh, so what is, what is, what is Mr. Shop Owner? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking vampire or werewolf. I'm thinking vampire, like he dresses mm-hmm. up as. Uh, Chance Perdomo plays cousin Ambrose Spellman. Yeah. Who is Sabrina's, um, like somebody closer to her age, you know, he's like 91, uh, <laughs> who she can like get along yeah. with better, who sort of kind of like helps her and sort of kind of her yes. sounding board and her counsel. I am campaigning for a spinoff for him. Yeah, he's so goddamn Like, I really do think a spinoff of him would work. Because he has so, like, why were you on house arrest? What did you do? His whole backstory. Oh, he blew up the Vatican, or tried to blow up the Vatican. Yeah, and wasn't he like an orphan or yeah. something? Like, yeah. his parents died? Like, there's so much. Yeah. So he, yeah. It, him, he like, really he really risked. When they revealed it, the crime that he was about to commit, I was like, yeah, you would have risked the entirety of the of the witching world 
trying to blow up the Vatican. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so you, you were right to be under house arrest. Uh, house arrest. I don't know if a whole spin-off, but I feel like as if it was good of them to leave everything in the, the dark TV for a while. The TV movie, Amber, the season. Yeah. yeah. But I, like, I just love him. And I'm just happy to see this character come back. Like, I know he's in the in the Strange Adventure Sabrina comic, but mm-hmm. besides that comic, he's barely appeared in the comic books for <laughs> as long, almost decades. It's like, you know, they just stopped yeah. using him because they had, you know, Talking Salem. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just like see it because it, it just warms my old Archie Reed yes. heart. Thank you, Roberto. He <laughs> right. knows what he's doing. Uh, Michelle. And Gar- they brought him back in his full and more glory. Like oh, they- yeah. Because, like, he. No, we're going all out on that. Oh, yeah. He, he ain't just dating guys, he's dating women, too. He's he's, he's here for it. He's here for Listen, everything. He ha- First of all, he has the best wardrobe of anybody. I was like, you better walk around in your robe. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> You were listen, like, why listen. put on a suit when I'm chopping up bodies all day? Like, I'm going to be comfortable in my smoking jacket. <laughs> every every outfit of that guy listen, is a robe. Okay? I wanted every <laughs> single one. <laughs> like, listen, if, if, if the wind doesn't come through these clothes while I walk... <laughs> right. He just needs his Beyonce fan to like billow you know, out the, the robe oh as it's, it, it's a slumber party of 24 hours, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michelle Gomez plays school teacher Mary Wardwell, aka Madam Satan. Where is she from? Is yeah. she from she's British. Else? She's been on like well, she actually she's Scot- well, it's still Britain. She's Scottish. Right. Mm-hmm. Cousins. Yep. And she played the master in Doctor Who. Okay. Missy, a version of the master in long running British science fiction program Doctor Who from 2014 to 2017. She's also okay. in Bad Education, the book group, and given and Green Wing. Uh, so I'm not sure if y'all know any of those programs besides Doctor Who. Okay. I got to step away real quick. I'll be back. Okay. Right. I was just going to talk okay. about Bad Satan's origins in the comic for a little bit. Okay. So I didn't notice until, well, you, if you read the collected version of the Chile Adventures of Sabrina, the backup of the trade paperback is a Madam Satan story from 1941. Apparently, okay. she's a old Archie Comics character from before they even had Archie, back when they were just M- MJ, um, MLJ Comics. So, and but her origin basically was that she was a woman who was trying to break up a man who's about to be married to his fiance. She was a side woman, and she got both of her, both of the man's parents killed, and then he, she ended up dying after that. And when she's in hell, Satan appoints her to be his mistress and is representative of mischief and evil on earth. So she is able to seduce men and try to drive them to their doom. And she's hiding behind, like she's a beautiful woman with long black hair, but her actual face is green with skulls for eyes, little skulls for eyes. Okay. But she hides behind a beautiful visage of, you know, a pretty woman with black, with black hair. So 
they took that character and put her into the comic, the com- reboot comic, and now she's in the show. Which I did not, I, I was reading that, oh, Ali, old comics were off the chain. Back before they had the Comics Code Authority? Yeah, I mean, I, I, completely, <laughs> I completely understand. Like, it would be completely crazy. Like, can you imagine that on the shelves now? I, I I could I frankly well I mean you can in, in like the comic book shop with mature artists is only stuck on it but this was in Pep Comics they actually yeah canceled this is her the kind com- of thing a, a child could put when yeah. back in the day a child could actually stumble upon this and open it up and start reading yeah they actually canceled her strip and replaced it number twenty two with Archie that's when they introduced or the first Archie strip replaced Madam Satan in the Pep Comics um uh, comic book series. If you can believe that. <laughs> but yeah, so Michelle Gomez as Madam Satan, listen. They gave her just enough time as Miss Wardwell in episode one. Only 10 minutes, but it's enough time for you to see that she, you know, she's like a spinster and she's sort of kind of old, old, old and to herself and everything. And she picks up the stray girl on the side of the road. It turns out, it, you know, it's Madam Satan inhabiting this girl's body. And she, you know, possesses Miss Wardwell and Ali the change. No, she doesn't she doesn't possess Miss Wardwell. She transforms into Miss Wardwell. The the change. Oh my god. Yeah. The change, I was like, it was literally you just brought up grief. It is the change at the end of grief. <laughs> That's what it is. It's Sandy going bad. Right. Like, and the, the crazy thing I, that I just think is hilarious, nobody questions it. I mean, Sabrina was shocked when she was at school the next day Miss and she was like that, Wardwell? but nobody even questions it. No one's like, hmm, you know, uh, <laughs> what's going on? Because she looked like such a conservative woman before. She yep. was very covered up and everything. And all of a sudden, no. We got we got cleavage. Yes. And now, Long we're, hair. Now we're using now we're using hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> All because the hairspray. I mean, because that was volume. <laughs> that, was, that was volume. That was Pantene Pro V. Bouncy and just voluminous and ooh. And wow. just. Michelle, so, yeah. Michelle Gomez just had this way of entering into rooms and scenes in this program. Just, yeah. She just comes into the room yeah. and just hits a pose, and you're just like, bitch, work. <laughs> and, every, and everybody else gets a dull light about, uh, over them. <laughs> like, I was like, everyone gets a, a dull filter. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, this woman is going to steal every scene she's in. <laughs> wow so that means so that's a real challenge I feel like for the other characters in scenes um, it's best to just have Wardwell have a have one-on-one with people yeah or just literally just let her be the only one talking and then everybody just react you know um, wordlessly because she's she's gonna walk all over everybody <laughs> she's too powerful of a character Oh yeah, like listen. <laughs> My favorite thing was in episode five when she was trying to find Sabrina's dream. She kept being like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I must be in the wrong nightmare." <laughs> the wrong dream. Brandon, I 
Violet, I was like, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she wasn't as worse as you. It's just a, oh. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, I must be in the wrong nightmare. <laughs> the way she pressed herself and the way she put herself against the wall. <laughs> why did she have to do that? Because she's everything. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jazz Sinclair as Rosalind Walker, who is Sabrina's best friend. And also, like, you know, she's a very active person at school trying to get, you know, her and Sabrina and Susie, we talk about later, starred Wicca, ironically named, which is sort of kind of the school, like, advocacy group for women's rights. Women and, right. women and you know, non-cisgender people. Right. And so, like, I love this version of Rosalind. Like, she's, like... A ride or die. She's a very good... And plus, of course, you know, as the series progresses, you know, like, we get more. She's not just the best friend. You know, she has this story that is first... It's is definitely still a tragedy, but, you know, she's going blind rapidly. Which, you know, given my eye troubles from last year, like, you know, that that really hurt my heart. But it turns out that, you know, she's going blind because of a family curse that also grants her some level of clairvoyancy. So she almost becomes like a supernatural version of Cisco Ramon. Ali? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. And I really enjoyed his take on the character because it, it, it like gave her a lot more to do than just either fight Sabrina over Harvey or just be there to, to giggle at Sabrina's jokes and you know crack some of her off. Yeah, I I'm, I was not aware of the character obviously before because I never read any of the of the stuff before. But I did I did really enjoy this character. Um, both Sabrina's friends um, yeah. so far they've given them they've given them a lot. Right. Issue one. Nobody can ever say that these characters are under the belt. Oh no. It's... So they they do a lot. Yeah. Let's actually talk about Susie Putnam now. So Lachlan Watson plays Susie Putnam, and it's interesting because this character is. It's a character who is learning slowly that she is trans, that 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 he is trans throughout the right. course of the episode. And the act, the actor who plays him, goes by he and they pronouns. So the actor is basically not is non-binary themselves, right? And so, and this becomes like a key plot line because you know, in episode one, like the bullies are calling her, you know, names that you call a lesbian. Uh, and then later on, you know, they this like they say that you know you're a good boy, you know that's a handsome fellow and everything. And it's like they're making a great way of acknowledging the whole transsexual element of the story and of the character in like a, a way that's that pro, both progressive and is progressive as the character learns more about themselves, right. Yeah, and I and I really like how um, it's not like beating you over the head. It's a very right. natural progression, right? A very natural coming coming to coming to oneself, coming to one's own for that character. And um, I really like how it was tackled so far, season one. Oh yeah, especially when you learn because about remember the character. Oh, sorry, which we learn about Dorothea Putnam. 
the ancestor who was, you know, very, you know, right. very similar. And there's so much, there, again, the, the characters in this show, they're not, they're, they don't, they're not tackling one storyline at a time for mm-hmm. a character. They're dealing with many different things. So um, Susie and Ross have to do the fact of, you know, they're interacting with people at school. They're interacting with Sabrina. They have their own storylines with regards to their family ancestry that they have to tackle. Right. So all of these things are, are coming together. And it, the way the showrunners are, are doing it, it's very, you know, you know, it's very, um, it, it, they, they've taken a very um, sort of uh, masterful hand with weaving this tale for all these characters, and I think it's coming together really well. It fits really um, good together, like like a puzzle, like puzzle pieces. Yes. It doesn't feel out of place, and I, I really like. I, I mean, this show has so many characters, Brandon. Like like we noticed. So it's it, it's good that so far nothing has gone completely off the rails yet, and I'm not bored at all. So. Oh yeah. All right. Next up is. Uh, Tati Gabrielle, who plays Prudence Knight, who is sort of Sabrina's rival at the Academy of the Unseen Arts. You know, like, she's not the villain. She's more like the anti-hero. She's sort of kind of like the Cheryl Blossom of this story. Yeah. Where she's sort of the Um, mean girl, but she's not a bad person. It's easy to make a character like that just, okay, let's just make her evil just because. Right. Right? But they don't, and I really like that. It, she's just she's very headstrong, and she does what she wants. Could she be? She she could be doing something that might be completely vengeful. On the other hand, she might be doing something that inadvertently helps other people. Right. It, it's 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 hot and cold. So she just does. Best way to say is that she does what she wants. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Right. She's sort of kind of is like the version of Rosalind from some of the other comics where she's the adversary. And like, uh, right. but, but but still, there's uh, there's still some common ground in there to where she's not completely the adversary. Like, I saw a tweet. Some people were kind of, they didn't like the fact that they cast a black girl to play his part, especially when the episode Why? in episode four, where like she's about to hang Sabrina, then like the like the other kids sort of kind of do that force ghost, like their force choke on them. And it sort of kind of evokes mm-hmm. the imagery of a lynching. Oh. Yeah. People did. And see, I didn't even pick up on that because, like, there's, like, you know, there's no rope and everything. But also, she's not going to die right there. But, like, I like the fact that, listen, I like seeing black folks, as long as you have enough in the cast where you can do it, black people will play, play some, you know, some evil people, for goodness sake. We don't have to be good in everything. We don't have yeah, to be, like, I mean, no, it's just not, like, you know, we've played enough thugs and gangsters, but I don't like to see black people play, you know, like evil evil characters or characters who aren't, you know, perfect. Because, you know, I don't consider Prudence to be evil. She's at best mischievous and a little bit bratty, but, you know, we you very quickly learn that there are different sides to her and that she has a moral compass at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm. I'm so happy too that another thing that she does, um, she challenges Sabrina's way of thinking. Yes. She she so that's another thing that I I, I really I really appreciate. It feels like as if Sabrina, whenever Sabrina interacts with Prudence, 
she has an annoying look on her face and she or she she has a sorry not a annoying but a penitent look she's trying to you know a sorry a pensive look on her face and she oftentimes you know changes her her um you know whatever she's about to do because of interacting with prudence i think that's important right that you don't always have some people who are just yes men for you right you know it's good to have people that present other you know perspectives and then you know you consider changing the path that you're going on Absolutely. I know um, Adeline Rudolph and Abigail Cohen play the other. So those two and Prudence, they call themselves the weird sisters. Uh, Prudence, Agatha, and Dorcas. And basically they are orphans who have been lived, or they think they're orphans, who live at the, basically they're sort of kind of live more or less at the academy, it seems, in the, um, because it's a boarding school. And, you know, they're, you know, witches in training, like Sabrina is. But they're sort of kind of definitely further along. And we, of course, later learned that Prudence, in fact, does have a daddy who is living. Just a trifling ass one. Um, speaking of it, <clears throat> Richard Coyle plays Father Foster's Blackwood, who is the high priest of the Church of Night and a dean of the Academy of the Unseen Arts. Right. Which used to be Sabrina's father's job. Well, Brandon, is it, is it important? Should we? I know that they're not important characters. I know that they're not like extremely important to the plot line. But should we also talk about the fact that Prudence is also in sort of like a small gang of, of three? Yes, yeah, so I said is, the, is the Weird a, Sisters. Prud- Prudence, Agatha, and Dorcas, the Weird Sisters. Okay, but should we? Is, okay, actually, never mind. Yeah. Let's just let's just leave it at that then. But I, I just really um uh, like how the two the two other sisters um it it's really fun how they're able to um, um sort of match what they're each other's saying. Yeah. And it almost feels like as if they have like a psychic connection between them. Yes. So it's it's on you know the whole dressing similarly and whatnot. It's very, it has a very creepy undertone, but it they play it so well. It's it's really fun to watch. So that's all I will say about that. Absolutely. How do you feel about Father Blackwood? Um, he plays it really, plays it really well. Yeah, he plays it really well. Um, he's he reminds me of. He just makes me think of somebody. Throughout uh, the season, at first, it just seems like okay, he's this guy, this conniving sort of. Um, 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 sort of guy, uh, uh, he doesn't seem to. He doesn't seem to have anyone's best interest except himself. Um, you know, at heart. And then, as the season goes on, it, he he's one of those people who's faithfully, who seems to be faithfully following um, a higher boss, but seems to be secretly like planning and doing things to almost seem to like um, unseat whoever is his supervisor, quote-unquote. And that's how I feel like at the end of this, this entire um, season, actually. So does he want to be There's Satan? something about that guy. There's something about that guy. It feels like as if he's, he's consorting to overthrow. Satan. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's... <laughs> but... Any of you, but yeah. Other than that, um, the, the character, the, the character does, does, does uh, he does 
the job adequately. Um, and there's not really much else I can, you know, really go off of. So. Right. And then we, of course, we have Salem, who's played by a real cat or three real cats. I think actually it's five. I think it's five real cats total in the show. And so Salem is uh, Sabrina's familiar, who in this show is represented as a goblin who takes the form of an animal, but can help the their uh, their witch partner cast spells and things. Most most familiar is sort of kind of in a master-servant relationship with their witch master, but Sabrina tries to think of Salem more as a partner. And I like, I, I mean, Salem is awesome. I like this. This is the Salem that I know from the comics. I will always say the talking one in the sitcom always threw me off. <laughs> like I get like, why? I, it just did. It's like, why is he talking? Why is he cracking jokes? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a sitcom comedy. So right. The, yeah. I, it would be weird that he wouldn't, that he wasn't talking. I guess, but yeah, but people are so upset online. They're like, Salem doesn't talk! And I'm then, back. Then, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about Salem not talking. Uh, oh. And then people, and also some people were on, um, the editor of Vogue magazine was on, talking about, isn't it problematic they they, cat, they t- replaced the black cat with a black guy? What? Because they're trying to talk about President Ambrose's replacement. Yes. I are actually responded, and I was like, that's not what it happened. Cousin Ambrose comes from the comics. They're just they're reversing what they did in the nineties, and she, she understood the comics. Like, oh, okay, but she this just is, she just missed her talking. Yeah, cat. when people don't do research, this is what happens. Right, they start a witch. They start a literal witch, witch hunt, hunt. No and then they it. start all these rumors and whatnot that just ugh. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was telling Ali Latria, this is my Salem. No talking, just action. <laughs> yeah, like Sabrina could talk. And, to him, and a talking cat would have made this campy, which it didn't. Yeah, we, exactly. we would not. I, want. I, right, it would I not have fit in well with this Sabrina world at all. Right, I agree. I love, I love the idea that Sabrina talks to him, and then there's, there's like a they pause. But they can understand him. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. She talks to him. There's a pause, and then she's like, and then she replies back to us. And yeah. then we understand what he just told her. Yeah, she's like, basically. Salem, but I have to do is, right. well, oh. but I don't know what's going on over there. Well, you want me to check it out? He's like, Lassie. Right. Which, <laughs> um, which Ambrose did the same thing. And I thought, like, one of the episodes, um, Zelda was saying that, like, another person's familiar, I guess, doesn't talk to other people. So I was like, well, how is he understanding Salem? Yeah, you understood Salem. So I was Because remember, he was too. trying I... to get that lizard to talk, and she was like, no. Exactly. The lizard yeah. wasn't talking to him. And right. For some reason, he could understand. He could. Um, Ambrose could understand Salem. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm confused is about that. Plot is, it yeah. because, or it's is it because that? Is it because that Salem knows that Ambrose is like family? Maybe. So maybe. He's a, so that could be. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's maybe that. Maybe what Zelda was explaining was when it's a complete stranger. Right. Like. Still yeah. is clearly part of the household. Gotcha. So perhaps, yeah, yeah, right. And and that's, and is Ambrose's last name Spellman? Yes. Okay, so, I need to understand this. Uh, there's this, a couple of other Spellman siblings. Heritage, though. So there's there's Edward, Sabrina's dad. There's Hilda and there's Zelda. There's I think there's three others. Okay. So one of those is Ambrose's parent. Okay. 
Okay. But yeah, I was gonna say, um, you would notice though from episode five forward that uh Sabrina Ooh, so rarely fast. holds Spellman any um, rarely holds Salem anymore. That's because Karen Shipka is allergic to the damn cats that they cast, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Like she broke out in hives when she saw oh, episode no. five. So they, they sort yeah. of separated them for the rest of like Salem is still there, but they do cutaways and stuff and everything. And, gotcha. Know. Poor girl. Cool. Episode one, she hosts the cat. And I'm like, maybe she just had to be around it for a couple of weeks and it just built up. Cause like, like she seemed yeah. fine. <laughs> you know the crazy thing about that, Brandon? I don't think like you the way you said it, it's like she didn't know that she was um, Yes, I'm sure she, she didn't know. It's practice. one of the things that you don't because like certain you might be allergic to one cat and not to another. And mm-hmm. it just happens, right. you know. It could be whatever yeah. breed it is, like how how their coat is. Yeah, right. Because they, that would have been something that they would have discussed before they filmed, before they started filming. Right. Right. Like, hey, just FYI, I don't have, you know, I have an allergy. What can we do to still have steal him in the show, but still have have him interact with him, but just not actually have to touch him? Right. So the fact that she was touching him at first and it's already filmed, I mean, she didn't even have a clue. No. She 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 probably just started itching like crazy. Yeah, she, she, she came to work one day, just you know, just like, okay, this is a work. <laughs> yeah, she she probably showed up looking like Will Smith and Hitch when he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my They're probably god. like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's happening? <laughs> Hilarious! Hilarious! Right, and among the rest of the characters, uh, we should mention Bronson Pinchot, who plays the principal, George Hawthorne. Y'all would know him. Did I him. miss any other ones after Miss Ward Wardwell? Uh, we talked about um, Jazz Sinclair's Rosalind, and we talked about uh, Toddy Gabriel's Prudence. If you want to say anything about those two, you can go ahead. The who who was after Ross? You said uh, Tati Gabriel's Prudence. Oh, listen, scene stealer. From the yep. very first moment when she sauntered with her two little two little friends or you know orphan sisters, I was like, "Who is this black girl with this blonde short hair?" Like, I immediately loved her. I was like, "I don't care how evil she is; she could be like, you know, the the wicked witch of the west." I was like, "I, I don't know. where has she been all my life?" Like. She apparently was on the one hundred. antagonistic. It was like they plucked her from the craft and just put her in this. <laughs> like she would fit so perfectly in the craft. Yeah, we were talking but about. The, I mean, she, sorry. I, I just, I love her. Like, yeah, me too. We're talking about how we love how they made her a three dimensional character too. She's, she's the app. She's Sabrina's rival at yes. school, but she's not necessarily. She's not the villain. She's not necessarily evil either. She's just, you know, she's jealous more than anything else. And the fact that I didn't even realize until halfway through that they were orphans, I was like, that's probably where a, a, root, a lot of it is. And then when she found out that old man was her daddy, she was like, so I've had a parent this whole time. Yep. And you didn't, you didn't even know say anything to me? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I love her. And I love Roz. Roz is probably the smartest person on here. Yep. Because she was like, shit ain't right in this town. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody and I don't know who to believe and something is going on. Hilarious. When Susie was just like, yeah, this town is really weird. (laughs) Like, yeah, you think? (laughs) Ron is like, she's a witch. I believe she's a witch. (laughs) Yeah. We also talked about um, 
uh, Lachlan Watson, who plays Susie, and how the actor. Okay, is, so is that a is it a boy? It's 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 a trans it's a trans oh, boy. I guess we should say yes. Shut. First, okay, stop. Thank you, Roberto. I don't want to hear nobody else say what. What was the lady who Kate Blanchett? Oh yeah, yeah. Watch, watch, watch Chilling's uh, Adventures of Sabrina, Kate. <laughs> this is this is yeah. what we're talking about. Right. There's there's no way, and they got a freaking like a child basically. Yeah. So you mean to tell me y'all can't find grown people? Yeah. Really? It's the Thank truth. You, Roberto. I see that makes me love Susie even more. I love the fact that they actually got a trans actor to play this role. Yeah, that just makes me. I'm about to start the show all over again. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's I how feel you like, do it. like that's, there's so much inclusion in this show. Like the fact they made Ambrose black, yep, or half black, I guess you know. And Roz was because was Roz black. Roz wasn't. Roz was white was, as the driven. Everybody snow was the white. Everybody was white. Was white. <laughs> yeah, that's a, again Roz. Like, come on, and they show her grandmama who had all that sass too. Come oh, yeah. on, yes. Grandmama Walker. Well, I love her, too. She oh knew everything. God. She was like, baby, that's the angel of death coming. And I know we're about to talk about, what, what was it? Was it Mark and Mindy that the principal was on? What no, was uh, uh, Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. He was an alien? No, no, no. He was Well, he was an alien from, from another country. Was it a robot alien? alien? No, nah, he, reg- he was a regular dude just from, he was from the, um, from the Mediterranean. Oh, I thought he was like from another planet. That, that's a different show. That's Migo that was on CBS. You think about? He was on that show too. He played an alien from, from another planet. Who okay, I, was, I, was like, yeah. I know he was an alien somewhere. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I remember that. Okay, gotcha. But in Perfect Strangers, he was just cousin Laddie. It's your cousin Balky. Let's do the right. dance of joy. So, <laughs> right. Like I barely recognize him. He's been eating. I mean that in a good way. He was always very I good. recognize him. <laughs> I mean, he definitely is, like, in the face, you could tell. But I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's the dude. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, me neither. All he right. better be getting some work. Episode time. Oh. All right. So episode one is called October Country, where we're introduced to the town of Greendale, which I think is, like, 30 miles away from Riverdale. Because they okay. specified in an episode of Riverdale. Yeah, it's like please, 30 miles. Please put it 30 miles away. Please. <laughs> <laughs> please. I mean, it's not far enough away. Stuff can still seep in and out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, because, you know, Jughead went to Greendale to you know, sell drugs <laughs> on Riverdale. And they met Tony Todd on the way there. Tony Todd was like, all sorts of weird things go on in Greendale. <laughs> that was a black man? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that was the guy that played Candyman, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, he is typecast for life. Oh yeah. And so, like, so Greendale apparently feels like Halloween every day, and it's a town Jeez. where, you know, Riverdale they still wear pearls and go to the mall shop and shit. In Greendale, there are no cell phones. There are barely any computers. When Rosalind has them go look at books in the library, they use a Dewey Decimal system. <laughs> the Ooh, card she, file. She opened, I yep. didn't even think about yeah. that. She opened up that cabinet. I, yeah. Wow. She took a card. She took a card, wow. and I was just like, "What is going on here? Please, goddamn it! Where is the computer?" 
they're still like, and they're still banning books. And it's like, okay, yeah. what year is this? So it's supposed to take place in the modern day, but it's definitely like this sort of kind of time warpy world where, you know, they don't have modern technology. People still watch black and white television. Everybody had black and white TV, but it was all in black and white. Nobody had a color television that I saw. And no, nobody, you know, like I put in the uh, in the group, I was like, in the uh, in the Facebook message, I was like, nobody believes in like a neutral light uh, interior <laughs> design to their home. Everything is dark and plaid. And yeah. Yeah. Those yeah, old 1970s. Those old 1970s sofas that everybody's grandmama and auntie had. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All of the bathrooms have porcelain everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like me and Ali, I was like, can my can somebody turn my TV's light on? Cause I can't people, people are talking and I see Sabrina's blonde hair, but that's all I could. I, I can't see nothing else. I can't. Yeah, I could not. I could dark. not. Yep. This, my eyes had to adjust. Yeah, the show was shot in a very dark, sort of kind of like definitely filmed more horror movie tone. It's supposed to like like a Rosemary's baby or X. It's like a late 60s, early 70s right. horror movie. They even shoot it in like like it's not CinemaScope. It's 2.20 by 1, which is more like VistaVision or um, uh, what's the other one? Panavision, basically. But it's like a mm. wider aspect ratio than your average TV show. Gotcha. Definitely. Like, which Riverdale is is kind of dark, too, like in the actual, like, some of the scenes. Yeah. But but, it, I mean, it will make sense coming from the same person. Oh Yeah. Yeah, because Roberto Guarzacasa, of course, Princess Riverdale, but also Lee Tullin Krieger, who directed the first two episodes of this show, he also directed the first three, oh no, the first two of Riverdale and then the season one finale. Mm. So it's like literally the, like the same creative team doing this. Right. So like we actually introduced to everybody, to Sabrina, Harvey, Rosalind, and Susie, they have gone to go see Night of the Living Dead at the, at the uh, Paramount Theater downtown mm-hmm. which is you know those they have it still a paramount theater <laughs> <laughs> but uh and then they go to the bookshop and coffee shop to talk about it afterwards and everything and the only way i could tell this was in the modern day they talk about fast zombies there's a disgusting movie it's like oh okay so it's the modern day <laughs> <laughs> versus the slow ones and so harvey takes sabrina home and he actually because, um, like, Sabrina has already told them, because she's turning 16. This is, like, I think this starts on, like, a Saturday, Saturday before her birthday. And she's she has already told them that she has a thing to do with her aunts and she can't go out. But Harvey is tells Sabrina that he loves her. He's going to wait for her birthday, but since she won't, won't be around, he tells her now. And so she tells him back that I love you and everything. And so she's also happy. She goes in the house and she uh, magically commands the uh, radio to start playing Be My Baby by the Ronettes. <laughs> and I said, mm-hmm. love it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, we get introduced to the rest of her family, to Hilda, to Zelda, to Cousin Ambrose. And so Sabrina is, you know, 15.95. She, it won her 16th birthday because she is a half-witch. Her mom was a mortal. Her dad was a witch. Um, but she basically follows witch protocol. So when she turns 16, that evening, she is required to go for her dark baptism, which will happen in the woods. And she has to pledge her allegiance to the Dark Lord, 
<laughs> the devil, and sign her name mm-hmm. in the Dark Lord's book. And mm-hmm. in doing so, she and, be- that, and, that and basically sum- submit herself to his will. Yes. Pedophile, you're a pedophile, Dark Lord. That's what you. Well, it, it is the devil. Sorry. <laughs> this is the part where all the this is this is the part where all the devout Christians turn the TV off, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, and like it's like noted that when she does it, she'll get her full witch powers, you know, because you know the Dark Lord grants us these gifts for in exchange for you know um, serving him and everything like that. Like Zelda <gasps> tells I can't, her. Oh. But if she does not sign the book. Like she and also she won't age as fast. She'll age, but very, very slowly. But she doesn't sign mm-hmm. the book, she'll live like a mortal does, and she'll eventually lose her powers in a couple of years. And so Sabrina is at first, she's sort of kind of, you know, she gets it and she thinks she wants to do, but as it becomes closer, she comes to realize I'm gonna have to end up leaving behind my friends and my boyfriend Harvey, who I love. But you know, like. Zelda is sort of kind of like, you know, just leave the boy behind. You don't need him. But, you know, Hilda's sort of kind of, you know, more like trying to like appeal to like her understanding and everything. Right. I was, I'm kind of with Zelda on that. That's the one thing that made me uh, irritated with Sabrina. It's like, girl, you are like, you were just born. It ain't like y'all been married for 20 years. Like, you're freaking 15. Who cares? Like, girl, like, this whole, like, gotta save Harvey. I love him so much. I'm just like, girl, you just you have no idea what love is. <laughs> I mean, she don't, but... I, I was mean, like, you're a child. Like, that's the only thing that irritated me. I was like, okay, we are doing way too much for Harvey's sake. That's what teenagers do, though. And I, listen, I, I know... You're right. You're yes, right. Very true. But I was just like, clearly, I have aged out. <laughs> Of these thoughts and feelings. <laughs> I'm like, girl, if you leave Harvey's ass, <laughs> go on about your witch power. You better sign that book, get your uh, witch, your witch See, powers. Yeah, Dude. I had a feeling that people. I had a feeling that that folks would just be like, really, wait a second, you're you're doing you're you're gonna go against all this for a man? Not even Not a, man, a, a boy. boy. A boy. A little boy. A boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, all these powers <laughs> for a boy. Right. I was just like, um, yeah, see you later, Harvey. Uh, but I love to, him. That's a Because yeah. if you think about it, it's from, it's the, the, the opposite is, it's kind of hypocritical if you think about it. It's like, devote yourself to this, well, this creature who always comes in the that, form of yeah, man. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I know. Or, or don't do that and then go back to your man. <laughs> your actual right. mortal man. So either way, a man ends up getting a girl. Right. right. And that's actually one of the themes of the show is about like the whole idea of patriarchy and how it like per like it like seeps into everything, even into mm-hmm. this witch world. In the com in the old comics, it's important to note that the witch world is basically run by the women. Like Della is the or Enchantress, the head witch. She's the most powerful figure you ever see in the old comics. And the newer ones, like, you sort of kind of have it where these men are trying to control these women. hmm And they make a point of the whole thing about how the women have to submit to the will of the Dark Lord. Right. You know, and get themselves over and sign their names in the book and all this other kind of stuff. And so, me, and so uh, the Weird Sisters visit Sabrina for the first time that we see in the show, and they curse, they put a blood curse on her 
<laughs> and she immediately runs to school and tries to wash it off. <laughs> oh, prudence, evil self. I love her. <laughs> but in the locker room, she finds Susie and finds out that Susie's been being bullied by the football player boys. But uh, Susie, they won't tell Sabrina what happened. They won't give it the names. So Sabrina goes to the principal on her own, and the principal is of no help because Susie won't give it the names at all. Which he's like the worst principal. Oh, he's absolutely terrible. Yeah. Oh my. He's like. Yeah. He's probably like I'm just here to get summer vacations. Like I don't care. Whatever. Don't care anything about these, yeah. these meddling kids. He's clearly the kind of person. Like. He's the, he's he's the kind of person that you do not want. You know, he's pretty much the that kind of conservative um, sort of principal or any kind of supervisor who would rather have a problem go away as opposed to actually trying to be progressive and trying to fix and make the school safe for the students. Right. All students. Mm-hmm. Right. So Sabrina suggests starting up like an advocacy club, some place where women and, you know, non-cisgender people can feel safe. But they're concerned that the principal won't, won't actually let them do it. Is this the same episode with the... I'm trying to check. Yes, it is. What ends up, of course, happening is that she learns from Miss War... Oh, I've got to mention Miss Wartwell. They see her at the movie theater. She goes home and kisses up like a runaway teenager on the road and takes the teenager right. home. And, of course, this teenager is being possessed by the spirit of Madam Satan. Okay, because I was going to ask about that because I was like, I remember, you know, later on, that's that lawyer's daughter, right? Is it? Remember the yeah that remember Wait, the, is it? Remember the lawyer that Sabrina hired? That was his daughter. Daniel yeah, Webster. yeah, I know. He came to I, him. I don't think. I is don't that think not that, the same? No, that's not the same teenage girl no. that was like haunting. That's no, not. that's not the same person. Oh. No, okay, she's just I, a random okay. girl. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So the, yeah, she's just a random girl on, on that that she, she was possessed by the the uh, devil wife. Okay, because I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Yeah. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. And so there's a point, of course, in episode one where Sabrina takes Harvey to the woods to try, because Harvey, because she's trying to explain to Harvey, like, you know, after she has her baptismal, she'll have to go to the Church of Unseen Arts. I mean, to the, to the Academy of Unseen Arts. So she won't be able to go to Baxter High anymore. And so she'll be leaving her friends and Harvey behind. So she's been trying to figure out how she's going to tell them. And uh, what is um, Ambrose says? Just tell him you're going to a posh boarding school in, in Connecticut. <laughs> 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 but she actually ends up telling Harvey everything. You know that you know she's that she was born in the woods. She'd be reborn next week. You know, and sign her name over to the Dark Lord because she's a witch. And Harvey starts freaking out. He's like, wait, so wait, so wait. You just said all this so you want to break up with me? Is that all it is? <laughs> and she's like, this is a mistake. And so she casts a spell that makes him forget that he just she ever said anything. I was like, poor Harvey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so he's so he's so dumb. It was sad, but but good try. Nice try. He's like, Sabrina, what were we doing out here? When we were in the woods, he just wanted to go try a different route. That's all. <laughs> so um, clueless. <laughs> you know, so definitely so clueless. Poor, poor kid. And so Sabrina, in order to try to get the school, 
I mean, like the, the, the um, thing at her school, she asked Aunt Hilda for help, and well, not Aunt Hilda. She asked Ambrose for help, but they use Aunt Hilda's familiars, which are spiders, and they cast a spell on the principal Hawthorne using his picture from the yearbook. And they basically make all these spiders come to his house and scare the shit out of him. So that he's Which is not... weird for Aunt Hilda, of all people, to have spiders as a familiar. Yeah. Because they're so opposite from her personality. Yeah, you think she'd have like a bird or something, or like, like a like a, right. like a parrot. Uh, I kind of, um, I, I don't know, I kind of I kind of liked it. Like, it's just, I yeah, think it's I mean, so I mean, I ironic Yeah. cool at the same time, like... <laughs> Although it could be telling her true personality because she got all those years of hate built up with Zelda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you never so know. Using that tactic, they get, they're order able to get to the vice principal who approves their club, their, which they call Wicca, ironically, given you know, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this club, you know, meets, and they name Miss Wardwell the, the faculty advisor. Who Sabrina is telling Miss Wardwell a lot, like like um, women's intersectional cultural and creative association. I was trying to make sure I found it in the episode. I'm on my phone, so it's a little bit slow because I'm on the um the um the, the cellular service because I didn't want to um, mess up my um, internet connection for the show. But also, Sabrina's been telling Miss Wardwell everything, just not just leaving out the witch part. So she's saying like I might have to go to this different school. My dad used to go there. He's like a legend. I don't know how I feel about that. And so Miss Woodwell sitting like, oh, really? And she's doing, Miss Terrell Gomez is just sitting there, just, she's just eating the scenery one chunk at a time. <laughs> but I liked how, though, when, um, when the when Madam Satan overtook Miss Woodwell's body, when she came back and she was like all glamorized, like, Sabrina looked at her like, okay, something is off. Because she was very like meek and humble before yeah. and kind of nerdy. She came back like yeah. as, a, as a vixen, basically. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Sabrina was looking at her like, yeah. She was looking at her like, what? Okay. Yeah. What the shit? The, the, the clothes, the clothes change. You got, you got a, you got a, a whole wardrobe change. You got cleavage out. You got hair looking voluminous and everything. Yep. And lipstick and eyeshadow. Right. <laughs> yeah. She came back. Va 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 boom. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> because they used to print that shit in the Archie Comics all the time. Them boys be like, ooh, <laughs> and it would crack me up every time. It, I just think it was so hilarious. And so Sabrina tries to figure out something else that, you know, so she has doubts about her bar- dark baptism. So Ambrose tells her to go and pick. Uh, a malice malice, which is like an enchanted apple that she will bite into that will tell her the future. So you need to pick it from the oldest tree that you can find, which apparently in their town is like the oldest tree at the orchid. So Sabrina has to go through a maze to get to that orchid, and she tries to cast a little spell to help her find it, but Madam Satan doesn't want her to eat this apple because she's concerned that, because basically, we'll go and spoil episode 10 now. So Madam Satan is Satan's concubine. Right. And he's basically, she basically is his servant under his thumb to the point where we'll talk about it in episode three. Some um, some smooch smooch action with some cloven hooves. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she wants to Sabrina to take her place as 
the servant so she can become the queen of hell. Because she reveals that she's not just a witch from another, like she tells Sabrina later on she's a witch who's been excommunicated from another COVID, but apparently she's fucking Lilith. Adam's first mother wife. Mother of demons. Mm. Who like, you know, like mother of demons or like the like the oldest living like witch, basically. And sort of kind of, it would, depending on which legend you sort of kind of follow. Right. Like to some people, she's a hero to some, you know, she's like represents like, you know, like evil and stuff. And to the Protestant Christian church, she doesn't exist. So, <laughs> uh, and so she tried. She enchants a scarecrow to come to life and try to eat Sabrina. But Sabrina, who's going to get a familiar course, you know, now she's becoming like getting coming into her her witchdom. You know, they assign her a nice black kitty that she named Salem. Well, she's a name Salem. Salem named himself. And just told her that what his name was. And Salem saved Sabrina from the scarecrow. Because that is his job. He is here to protect his friend. So she goes to the mouse mouse and eats the apple and sees all of these visions of hanging witches and burning fire and of the devil coming up to her. <laughs> Horns and everything. Mm. And so she spits it out, and then the rest of the part she didn't eat all has worms in it. And so that's the place puts doubt in her mind. But then Father Blackwood, the head of the Church of Night, which is the coven of witches belong to in Greendale, comes and is like, So I understand that you're having like doubts about your dark baptism. And basically, that's the beginning of episode two, which is called the Dark Baptism, where it's so ironic. It's basically like Catholic or like religious rhetoric just written in the reverse for Satanism. Right. Like they do a lot of very pointed commentary about religion by using a religion that everybody that uh, virtually everybody would agree is, you know, not something people are down with, but by sort of kind of using that to point out some of the hypocrisy of religion in general. It's some very tricky writing, but I think they pull it off. But I'm sure it'll be a think piece. I'm sure there'll be multiple think pieces oh. about that in particular. Because it, it's very, like, like this very pointed about how, basically, Father Blackwood tells her that, you know, the dark baptism isn't really so much about giving herself to Satan. It's about, you know, like, being free of the mortal world and of mortal expectations and mortal, like, uh, morals and things, you know, and she'll have power and stuff. He basically sells her a pack of lies mm-hmm. because his job is to get her to join the church. Right. And so as long as he can try to keep the wool over her eyes until she signs that book, that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, so the Spellmans live at a mortuary that they run. And they, you know, they eat the entrails and the organs, you know, the bodies that they embalm. Uh, one person in particular comes to this uh, mortuary. Um, it's a young man named Connor, mm-hmm. who it turns out they find that he has a witch's mark. And so this gets Am- Ambrose becomes concerned because he's the one who has to embalm the body. And of course, later it turns up that uh, he that Connor had a familiar, which is an iguana. But Connor's foster parents had no idea that he actually was a warlock. Mm-hmm. So they're concerned that there might be a witch hunter somewhere among their midst. 
And like, you know, they have the funeral, I believe, in episode three or four. Where is it? Which episode is the damn funeral in? It's, it's uh, somewhere in three or four. I want to say it's in three. Uh, let's just we can check IMDb and see which episodes that Luke is in. So basically, uh, Ambrose meets Luke, who was Connor's ex boy, who's Connor's boyfriend at the time he was murdered. And um, at the funeral, um, yeah, it's episode three. Okay, at the funeral, uh, hooks up with Luke, and they become boyfriend and boyfriend. Now, a lot of folks had some problems with that. They thought it was tacky, and I agree that it's tacky. But listen, extremely. But listen, listen. But listen, when you when you uh on house arrest, yeah, <laughs> you got to get in where you fit. In. Right. Yes. Get to yeah. the dick because of Ambrose. Get to yeah, the dick. It was. It was aggressively animalistic, and I was just like, uh, nobody really does that. Like that. I don't know what people have this idea in their head that people people see each other and they just start they lunge at each other. It doesn't happen, guys. Uh, 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 Ali, can I, t- can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret, Ali? Uh, no, Ali. I feel like people do. People do that shit. <laughs> I mean, like, people people just... hook up at gyms. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, true, but it's just like, it's so different from all the other characters on the show. Like, everybody else was like, Sarita, uh, it's such a it's such a crazy like, Ali, there's an origin happens in this from... program. Remember? Yeah, I just and and the know, boy I... who claims he likes Sabrina is there at the orgy. He's like, Sabrina, join us. Or we can just go to your room. Yeah, I right. Yeah. No, I'm just it's just the feralness of it. Well, they make a, they also make I a point like, that really witches are game, that witches so. and warlocks are a lot more sexual, but they aren't warlocks particularly aren't very good at relationships. Yeah. But the point, uh, I was, uh, one thing that I had a question about, um, I was wondering if I'm confused about the origin of witches because of that, because of, um, because of the reveal of Connor, because I was like, I thought you have to be born into a witch family. So how comes Connor is a warlock, but his parents are just regular people? I'm confused about that. There's foster parents. They aren't his real parents. They found him as a baby. They what? They're his foster parents. They're they're his real birth parents. Okay. They have no idea and also, where they're from. I want to know if we're going to find out more about like what happened to him in season two. I think we so. don't really we don't find out anything else about how he died. I feel like that Grant that Harvey's grandfather killed him, and we'll find that out later. Oh mm-hmm. no! His his bloodthirsty like- Second Amendment self. Yeah. So you 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 probably you think that's probably what's going to happen is Harvey's. Um, father and grandfather are probably going to reveal to you that, yeah, we're historically witch hunters. Like, that's a thing. Like, we we haven't told you yet because, you know, you're wet behind the ears. <laughs> and, and we weren't too sure that you would, like, you know, agree with us. Just like how, kind of like how Sabrina's been hiding her being a witch from him. Right. Is that what's going to happen? Right. I think so. Is it, okay. like, is it okay for her to have told not really, but okay. no. I feel like it's not she'd have any other, any other choice. <laughs> okay, it, it's a big. No, it's basically, it's basically like a sin to their church. Okay, for like yeah. regular humans to know. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, gotcha. Because it, it, because like it, it, it risks her safety. It risks exposing the like the witch, gotcha. the witch coven. Right. Yeah, they're not supposed to do that. That's why she agonized over it for so long. It's like he loves me. He would do the same for me. Woo-hee. You know what? I wanted to bring up something that I thought was interesting. She said earlier about um, how in the comic. Ambrose was basically like on house arrest because he was helping Sabrina with necromancy. Yeah, like sort of kind of like the plot that happens in this in this part this season was right. She did and it then, to her, and, and I'm guessing because he was the one that got in trouble, he didn't say it was her that was help that he was helping. Right. When in the show, he got in trouble because he wouldn't name who he was helping to try to blow up the Vatican. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Right. Also, I love this a passing reference. They talk about how, like, you know, we had a cousin who became a, uh, became a movie star, um, our cousin Montgomery. That's a reference to Elizabeth Montgomery, who played uh, Samantha Stevens in Bewitched. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even catch um, that. <laughs> actually, actually, Brandon, uh, uh, people online will contest you on that. What do they think it is? So it was this season of... of um, uh, American Horror Story. Uh-huh. They also bring up a famous Montgomery. Oh, Madison. Um, in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they think that's Played who by Emma Roberts. Not, uh, yeah. I just assumed it was so the other, Yeah. So some people will say that because, yeah, Emma Roberts brings that up. The character of Emma Roberts brings that up in the season, this season, another Montgomery. Oh, so yeah. Because she was like a TV. It could just. A TV yeah. movie star. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I told people online were just like, "Oh my God, are the two shows crossing over?" No, it's not crossing over. <laughs> right. It just so happens. Yeah. Speaking of crossing over, do you think they will do one with Riverdale? And how would they have it on Netflix or CW? <laughs> I actually don't know. That would be on. It'll definitely happen, but it'll be. It won't be what. It won't be like a big CW like like the superhero shows. It won't be all the Archies and all the uh, Sabrina characters. It'll right. be more like one or yeah, two, it might, like one show or the other. It might just be. It might just be Sabrina, just casually on Riverdale. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, for an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it might just be that. Yeah, that's how I, I see it happening at least. Like so. Sabrina does catch those boys bullying Susie again. And so what Sabrina decides to do is she summons the weird sisters, Prudence and Agatha and um, Dorcas, and asks them for help, which which they do because they they enjoy the idea of tormenting mortal boys. So the four of them, uh, they all invite the boys to hang out in the mines. Which they were some idiots. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, like, oh, these horny teenage boys are so dumb. Yep. That's where you go when you want to hang out, right? Uh, right. <laughs> and so apparently Riverdale, of course, is a maple syrup town. Or at least it used to be before, you know, like meth showed up. Um, and Greendale is a mining town. But the mines, they're like legends about the mines that some of them are so deep, they, they actually lead straight down to the gates of hell. Which we find out is not too far from the truth. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so the girls lead the boys into the mines and they make like they're going to be making out with them. But it's actually just an enchantment that they put on them. And they are all hunching themselves. 
That was hilarious. Oh, that was so fucking funny. Because at first I was like, yeah. oh my God, Sabrina, think about Harvey. No. Yeah, I was like, Sabrina right. has to be a great for her. I realized it was basically like, like a glamour. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I was yeah. scared to be a virgin for her okay. baptism. I was like, girl, don't you need to be pure? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, should I fast forward through this? Because she's a girl, a little girl. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so the and so they, they she takes Polaroids of the whole thing. She's gonna expose them to the whole school if they don't leave Susie alone. And then they also like just to make sure they seal the deal, the um, because Prudence isn't, you know, like she's a little bit more um about it, about it, Sabrina is. Her and her mm-hmm. sisters, you know, sort of kind of go over and, you know, reveal their true forms of, you know, like monstrous, you know, witches and scare these boys out the mind screaming with their clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, it was funny how they had them basically like making out with each other because then we found out, I don't know, I think it was episode... Nine. Nine, where when they were using that when one of the boys was in the bookstore and Aunt Hilda basically like told his whole business. Yeah. Spilled about how he was teeth. like making out with some dude at camp. And I was like, oh, so basically this isn't too far from. Right. And your friend is in lust with you, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so Sabrina's still like tormented though as her birthday approaches further. So Harvey invites her to Rosalind's um, Halloween party, which, you know, Sabrina knows that she can't go to, but Harvey comes to the house to try to steal the deal, and Zelda's like, "Well, let's not, we can't set it in stone. Let's just play it by ear, hmm? you know." But also, oh, they knew she went. Yeah. Okay. See, this I didn't realize that. I thought she had snuck out. Okay, I missed that. She wasn't supposed to be there as long as she was, but they knew that she was invited. Right. Right. And so Sabrina actually goes to Harvey's house, and she asks, she she asks him, so. You like comic books and stuff, right? So say you met a wizard in a cave. <coughs> uh, and, he, <laughs> and he granted you these superpowers. And he's like, what superpowers? Can I fly? Like, yeah, all superpowers. The only thing is you had to leave behind your friends and family, give it your freedom, and you had to leave your girlfriend. Is your girlfriend, is the girlfriend you in this story? Yes. Well, I wouldn't do it. God, I roll my eyes so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Again, y'all are kids. Jesus. Too funny. First of all, Harvey would be saying every magic word that there was. Shazam, Isis, Hawk, Dove, all of them. Without hesitation. Okay. <laughs> he has so many lies right now. Let him get like a, just a little inkling, a little, a little sprinkle of power. Oh, wait, I'm not giving this up. Yeah. And so they have Sabrina put wear her mother's wedding dress to the dark baptism. Her mother must have been tiny. Oh, yeah. Right. And so Harvey does come, though, to dress as a, dress as a, um, a minor. And it's sort of kind of funny. Ambrose is like, look, your dress is your future. <laughs> Which at that point, I didn't realize that Harvey's dad like owned the mines. And so later on, we found that out. I was like, I remember that. And I was like, oh, Ambrose, that was so wrong. It was so very wrong because Harvey's whole face fell off. Because Harvey, so you know, his, his dad owns the mines and his older brother Tommy works in the mines, but he doesn't want to be a mine. He wants to be a comic book right. artist. And the dad 
oh my god, that fucking Mr. Kinkle is Ooh, an entire geez. asshole. He's so abusive. I, he got to die. Like, my god. Yeah, I'm surprised he made out of the season alive. Right. I, I sure thought he was going to die at some point. But no, he made it. I was ready for Tommy to eat him. I thought that's what was going <laughs> when they were when they were like he hasn't eaten anything, and I was like, yeah. oh yeah, eat the daddy. Eat yeah, <laughs> eat your yeah. daddy, eat your daddy. And so Sabrina decides she's going to go to the um to the uh Halloween party dress with in the in the uh, wedding gown. And I think, oh yeah, like they rise with the ass. So what's the secret you keep it from us? Because she told them that she has to go to a secret like ceremony with her aunties. So what's the secret ceremony, girl? You ain't getting married, are you? Because you've been so secretive and crazy lately that shit, shit y'all would do. You and Harvey just run off in a loop. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're hanging at the party. She sees, you know, like the blood moon we was talking about because, you know, that like, because she was trying to push her, her dark patism back so she can go to the party. And they're like, absolutely not. It's your birthday. Plus, it's a blood moon, which only happens once every 66 years. There's only two sixes, um, yeah. There's two of them, not three. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it gets really close to midnight. And so Sabrina takes off hurtling through the woods to try to make it to her dark baptism, where her white wedding dress turns black. Mm-hmm. Magical girl sequence. <laughs> and she has to walk through the blue flame. <laughs> and Hilda is on the school of her being late. And that's where uh, Father Blackwood is like, Disrobe her. Oh, Brandon, I noticed too before just before that. They, I just want to point out that they were very, they they were very smart about just where to use CGI in this show. Yes, like you know, some shows they just go off and they just want to use computer generated graphics for everything, uh-huh. like anything. And then and then when it comes down to the really important stuff, they're just like, we do not have enough money. But this mm-hmm. show, this show was smart. They they. They were economical with their budget. They knew exactly where to put it. Yep, there's a lot of practical oh. effects that wouldn't be practical effects in another program. Yeah, so good on them. Yep, and so Sabrina, of course, learns that, you know, if she does sign her name in the book, it does mean she's giving herself over to be the servant of the Dark Lord, has to call Ooh. whenever she is called, answer whenever like, she is called. At his will. Mm-mm. At his will. Uh-huh. And so, like, you know, She's sitting there like, I can't do this. You must. And so she runs and they uh and he she and then Father Black would tell us the witches, get her. Because she, she sees a vision of her parents, basically, and her mother says, run. Mm-hmm. And so they chase her through the woods. And it sort of kind of so in the comic, of course, I already talked about this is Harvey who gets chased through the woods like this by the witches. Mm, in the show, okay. they made a Sabrina instead, who goes running. Uh, for safety. And of course, the next week... And then she comes... Yeah. Then she... Yeah, but yeah, she she runs, she comes across the... She comes back to the to the house and then what? Ambrose oh. pretends... Ambrose pretends that there's a there's a spell that'll... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah because they're about to... Yeah, they're about other. to like... Um, Attack like like storm the house like a like l- kind of like the mob you see storming like like attacking witches in the old movies. Which yeah, is very that's ironic. exactly yeah. what they were trying to do, and I thought that was very that was a very interesting and cool scene. Yeah, because he's like, so, this, is a, yeah. this is spell protection. No witch save a spell, but can cross it. <laughs> and and um, they're like, when did you put up a spell protection? I didn't. I just probably started on that. And the though, fact that like, they just didn't even call his bluff. I was like, ooh, right. <laughs> Good thing they didn't, Ambrose. Yeah. 
But I just want to know, how close is everything in this town? Because she'd just be walking everywhere. It's probably just you know, one of those old-fashioned small towns where you probably can get every place on foot. I guess so. Because she didn't seem that winded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And so, like, the next Monday, she, even though, you know, Aunt Hilda's like refusing, like if Aunt Hilda's trying to be nice, Aunt Zelda's refusing to ever speak to Sabrina again. She cut the paper up. <laughs> and but but Sabrina is indignant about the whole thing. Like, she t- Father Blackwood told me I have free will. He sat here in our parlor and lied to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything. And she tells him that she saw her parents, her parents told her to run. And so, you know, she talks about how. You know, because she's because she narrates the first two episodes, basically saying that she had to choose between being a witch or being a mortal, and at the end she chose neither side. Because also she didn't want to leave her friends behind because she had just started this club and she was concerned about Susie's safety because the boys are always picking on Susie and trying to beat them down, and she didn't want to leave them like alone, basically unprotected. Which I love how, like, she. They just took care of Susie. Like, nobody, like, questions her. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of them ever questioned her or anything. It was just like, this is Susie. Right. Like, I really love that aspect of the show. And so she gets called to the principal's office, but it's not the principal who wants to talk to her. It's the devil. (laughs) And Bronson Pinscher starts foaming at the gut fucking mouth and starts talking about, you take your clever girl. But I shall have you. I was like, uh-huh. ah! <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> <Yep>. the devil. 